following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Excuse me, is this the line to listen to the new episode of Let's Talk But No Politics Okay on the BICBP Radio Network? Oh, it is? Okay. Oh, it's not going to take too long. Um, do you know who's sponsoring them? Oh, I see it right there. One network will tell you her story. Shall we love me? Another will tell you his story. I wasn't cheating on my wife. Only ABC gives you the whole story. Drew Barrymore is Amy Fisher. One week from tonight. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk But No Politics, okay, here on the BICBP Radio Network. I am your host, Andrew Lenz, and today I have a guest, and it is Rich Maranto from the Next of Kin podcast. How are you doing, Rich? Very good. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Yes. Today we are discussing topic of... I think something that's kind of having a renaissance through streaming services as well as the the mini series and the made for well made, made for, for TV, TV movie. Yes, I was <laughs> going to go made for streaming movie but now it's the, but I we knew it as made that for TV. That was the made movie. for yeah, not not to be confused with the uh the after school special. That was a yes. whole other thing. Yes. That was a whole other thing. I, yes. I kind of miss those. Those, yeah, you run home and what about kids doing drugs? That's what was Is it Ben Affleck? That's the one with Ben Affleck where he does steroids. Uh, yes. And they talk about roid rage and he like beats the crap out of his girlfriend and then they're like, don't do steroids okay. or this is going to happen to you. Yes. And you're like, don't oh my goodness. <laughs> we were watching, we were watching, uh, we started watching uh, Stranger Things season four today. Uh, actually, my well, my sons are already far ahead, but I was started watching it today. And uh, there's a scene where they go to the counselor in the school, and there she has a do not she just say no to drugs poster on her wall because that really worked in the eighties. Yes, just tell the kids just say no. That that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> Give a hoot. Don't pollute while you're no. at it. So. We had posters were a big thing back then when I was a kid. You know, put a poster up, and that'll fix that'll fix society. So. The Nancy Reagan war on drugs. Yeah. The Indian crying, a Native American guy crying when he saw the garbage. Uh, that was a big one on TV. I, uh, famous Native American uh, chief that was actually what he was. But there was a uh, an infomercial or a PSA during television where he would just be looking at like a th- like all the all the the environment, what you know we were doing to it. And then he was sitting there and he had a tear on his face on his face. That was a. That was a very famous PSA when I was a kid. Yeah, they they parried that in uh, Wayne's World too. They did. They did. I forgot about that. Yeah, so so he's like, "Don't worry, we're going to clean it up." <laughs> <laughs> my big P. My big one was the Saturday morning cartoon. Don't do drugs. Where they had all the Saturday morning cartoon characters talk right. to this kid. And I you think got like Winnie an animated Mr. T was in that, wasn't he? I, I believe so. I remember Winnie the Pooh telling a kid not I to. Pity the fool that does the drugs. <laughs> good stuff <laughs> but you you brought this topic to me of the made, the made for TV movie the miniseries yes. and it sounds like it's so old but yet it's like I said it's getting some sort of like renaissance That's what we do now 
It, it is. It, well, Obi Wan is a mini series, right? Yeah. And but we want it all released at one time. <laughs> we want it all released. We don't want to have to like. But it was kind of released all at one time because the mini series would be three days or five days or six days. It wasn't once a week. It wasn't a. It was a wasn't a short lived series or a summer hiatus show that only came out on Mondays. It was a week, or it was you know, like I said, or maybe only a four day thing. We'd probably start on a Sunday. It'd probably end on a Wednesday. Um, it, it, it was that was the big thing. I mean, I, there were many series before uh the ones we're going to talk that I'm going to talk about yeah um going back to the 50s it's not it wasn't a new concept um and it and it's not even like it went away after the 80s but um but now it's certainly back i mean if you think of everything where you're watching the OJ trial that was on uh that you know like when we watch that now on Netflix or you know uh uh, I'm watching The Offer now, and I'm not watching it one episode at a time. I'm getting like two or three in at a time, so I'm kind of behind because I'm I'm watching it like a miniseries. I'm binge watching it in like parts of three, like I do two three hours at a time. But it was like I feel like it was a, a bigger thing back then. Even when I was a kid, it seemed pretty prominent for like my mom or my grandmother when they would see this stuff they'd be like oh we're gonna watch this and that is well this is how i remember it you're right i remember it in a couple different ways well first of all most of the united states you had four channels right Mm -hmm. you had your abc your nbc and your cbs affiliate you had your pbs affiliate you probably had your syndicated channel in buffalo was channel 29 you know your larger markets might have multiple shows you know like you know your multiple syndicated channels like New York would have, you know, PIX and all that stuff. But most areas would have the five channels. In high school, I've told my people this, my friends, my students this, my, my children this, that HBO didn't start until 6 o'clock. So even once we got HBO, it wasn't on during the day when we first got it in the early 80s. For the first couple of years, it, it was only on from like 6 to midnight. Oh, see, I didn't it, know that. It, it was black the rest of the day. There was nothing on there. And then somewhere around 1984, then we, you know, we started getting, you know, MTV and, 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 you know, USA and ESPN and CNN. But before that, I mean, even when I first got cable in the early 80s, um, like I said, HBO was not on all the time. And we picked up like WPIX, WOR out of New York. I think eventually WOR was replaced by TBS out of Atlanta. Uh, but, but even back then, there wasn't like it was 100 channels. It Did was, you guys still get the Canadian channels? What is that? We got, the, of course, well, I live in Niagara Falls. So, you know, so we picked up the three Canadian channels as well. Because, you know, so uh, CFT, CFTO, I can't remember what they were all. You CTV. Know. CTV. I remember because that's how I could watch Mr. Dress Up and Fred Penn. Mr. Dress Up. And if you were sick, you could watch the Flintstones uh, at noon. Oh, is that what they came on? I remember the Flintstones, Flintstones was on every day at noon. I remember as a kid. I remember when you were sick, you could watch the Flintstones at noon. You'd watch like Price is Right and Sesame Street or whatever if you were really little. And then you'd, you know, then I remember, you know, watching Flintstones and then Mr. Dress Up. I'm trying to think what else that would have been about it. And then the soap operas came on. That was, that killed the rest of the afternoon. Because again, that was all the, all the, all the, the, the network affiliates all had soap operas. Yeah. You know, so. General Davy and Goliath was always was on there a lot too. Yeah, I don't think that was, but I do remember the Flintstones even into yeah. like the late eighties, early nineties being on at noon. It was a well. I mean, people don't realize that was the first animated show that was in prime time. Yeah, 
you know, and that was, you know, obviously a forerunner to the Simpsons and everything else now, but that was the first one that did it. So, so the TV miniseries, miniseries, the made for TV movie that I think that was like the yeah, big I, thing now that we see, like I mentioned before, my wife started watching, I guess you could say a miniseries on Hulu called Candy. And I was like, this would be something that I watched. <laughs> I wouldn't pay too much attention to it because I was a kid at the time. But my right. my mom, my grandmother would watch. Like, I remember watching one about Jack the Ripper and come okay. to find out that it was Michael Caine who was in it. And I didn't even oh, realize yeah. it until, yeah. <laughs> until I started digging through my memories of what you know, made for TV movie or mini series was out there. And I saw, I was like, wow, Michael Caine was in there. And I didn't even realize it. Well, you mentioned before we got in the air that you watch all in the family now and anything old that I watch um, or anything that's period that I watch, I have to have my computer open. I have to have IMDb open with me because I have to look things up. So I'm watching the offer, as I mentioned, and, and one mentioned the producer is married to Ellie McGraw who I will mention who's in one of the, the miniseries that I watched when I was younger. And um, she had done Love Story with Ryan O'Neill. And then she started doing uh, The Getaway with Steve McQueen. And the producer makes a reference like, I wonder if that Steve McQueen's a nice guy. And that's a nod to the fact that she leaves him later. I mean, like, <laughs> that happened in the real world. But I, re I, had, a, I had to look it up. I didn't even confirm that, that I remember that it was like, Helen Rose was Steve McQueen. But they even make a little nod to it, you know. And I, and I like when they do that in these things. Like, I even on the uh, the OJ show, when they did that OJ trial one and – um. And the Kardashian, the Mr. Kardashian is talking to his daughters. And obviously it's, you know, someday, yeah. you know, you girls might be famous. You know, like, obviously that was not a thing that actually was said, but obviously it was a nod to the fact that the Kardashians became big stars. Because they they did that in the HBO series Winning Time at okay. one of the one of the Lakers games. They were like, oh, there's a, I think it's the name of yeah, Joe Gumb Gumball Bryant with his uh, new son, Kobe. <laughs> and it was just, you know, they weren't focused on them, yeah, but, right. like, but I understand what you're saying. That's pretty funny. So, well, I mean, they were, so obviously nowadays we have the binge watching and whether you're watching a Netflix thing, which they drop it all at once, um, you know, or if maybe you're, you know, you're, they're doing it a week at a time. I, I, and I think of Obi-Wan, I think Obi-Wan is essentially a miniseries. I mean, yeah. I'm going to, you know, I mean. It would be nice if they drop more of them at the same time, but they kind of do now. But a couple together, I feel like everybody's kind of getting away from dropping the entire series at the same time. Now, I think that's kind of I don't think that's going to be a model much longer. I feel like people are I think the, the companies are realizing that they're people just get the show and then they cancel the subscription right away after that. And they, they have to find a way to keep you around because there's so many services now. Yeah, it was definitely like like what you're saying with these miniseries, because oh, what is it? Rich man, poor man. Yep. I know my, my aunt was... That was the first one on my list, chronologically, that I thought was important. Um, that was a big deal. Obviously, it was based on a book. And uh, and that was a big deal because it's 1976 and Nick Nolte starred in it. And Nick Nolte was a pretty big star already. And, and they got him to do... Uh, a TV movie, essentially. Um, you know, I think it was, I think that one was a four or five episode one. And then they, I think it's, they always pretty much had the same formula. They would start on Sundays and they would go as many days as they were going to do. Yeah. Cause my aunt was telling me that one of the problems is where we don't have it today is 
like you, like you said, streaming service, we can drop it, we can pick it up. Even DVR era, back then in 1976, I think she had to work one night, so she really had no idea how she was even going to watch Watch. I think it was like the finale. Yeah, it wasn't a VHS or anything. Yeah. Even in 1976. I mean, I bought my first VHS player in 82, Jeez. and I was the only one who had one. I convinced my father to get an H- uh, VCR. Uh, so, because I, the one I got actually had a camera, and that's how I got into video production in early 1982. And, um, but I caught my father because my father worked Monday nights and he wanted to watch Monday Night Football. So I convinced my father that if he would come home from Tops, I would tape the game for him. And then he was so happy with the remote, he could skip the commercials. So he'd get home about 11, 30, 12 o'clock, usually make a sandwich. By then the game would be over. He would sit down and rewind the tape and he watched the game in an hour. And a lot of times I'd stay up and watch it with him. Like, That's- you know, sometimes I didn't even watch the game. I, I remember watching a Bears game with him where, you know, where, where you know, Jimmy McMahon threw like three touchdown passes in the fourth quarter, like in three consecutive plays. Like, it was like, and I remember watching that like on a VCR, like on a VHS tape with my dad, you know, like one o'clock in the morning. So, I mean, you know, but yeah, but, but, you know, in the late seventies, nobody had VHS. I mean, it wasn't even really a thing until really probably about 82, 83. Yeah. I just remember her telling me about that, that. She was just so yeah. focused on it that she needed to watch it. And then all of a sudden she had to work that night. And I think later on, she probably figured out what happened, but never did. And that probably was like the big or something, you know. Another one I remember, and I was still pretty young, is the Ryan White story. The boy that contracts AIDS through a blood transfusion. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. I that, that one. That was like one of the other ones I remember. I remember my mom watching it. And once again, I was just in the room because there was the TV. Right. And I do remember watching that and how crazy that got as well with how they treated them and everything like that. But those were. They they were a way that television could be kind of brave um, um, and do some things that maybe they wouldn't do with a regular TV show. Um, it, it, and it was a way to get big stars to do TV, um, mm-hmm. cause the actors probably liked it because it was a little bit more expansive than an, an hour movie, uh, or two hour movie, you know, or maybe back then a 90 minute movie. And it was a chance to really kind of dwell into a character and, and it was pretty popular. So they, they got huge ratings for the time. I yeah. mean, the one that got, that was obviously the biggest out of all of them really was of course Roots, mm-hmm. 1977. Um, I even looked it up. It had nine, it won nine Emmys, Holy cow. um, 17 nominations and everybody was in roots. Like there was, if you think of an actor from that time period, everybody's in it. Um, OJ Simpson's in it for, for God's sakes. Um, is he really? Yeah. He, he, uh, he, uh, he's one of the, uh, Africans that they're chasing to try to, uh, make that they capture to become the bring to United, to bring to America as a slave. And obviously he's running. That's that's kind of was the the funny thing. He's running. So, I think that's why they used OJ Simpson because he was runner. You know, I, I just, yeah, they I weren't anticipating the the Bronco chase. Yeah, I think they were anticipating the fact that he was a football player. But obviously, you know, Levar Burton was in it, and I mean, I, I mean, everybody was in it. I mean, and 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 a lot of actors had a kind of play. A lot of like well known actors, like the guy who played Barnaby Jones, for example, he played like a guy who beat his slaves. Like, so I mean, actors got out, were able to get out of their comfort zones because it was such a big deal. And here's the, the other thing which people don't remember about Roots: why it was so popular. 
It also happened during the blizzard of 77. So it wasn't just Buffalo that was snowed in. The entire East Coast was snowed in, and you had nowhere to go. So you literally, everybody was at home watching TV. We weren't even home that week. My father owned a business at the time. And we couldn't get from downtown Niagara Falls back to our home in, in LaSalle. So we ended up staying at my grandmother's for about four nights um, for that week. And um, that was closer to where my father's business was. And uh, and we, I remember every night laying in the living room floor with my grandparents and my family watching Roots. It was, you know, multi-generational. Uh, and it was, you know, it was a big deal. We all watched it. You know, we all watched it together, you know. Cool kind of like the quarantine thing like because that's where i watched a lot of stranger things with my daughter and sure. caught up on my police academy movies and stuff yeah. of that nature because there was really nothing else to do i did not realize that it was yeah, so in 77 we had roots and in 2020 we we had tiger king so you know the same impact on society <laughs> yeah <laughs> the importance the importance of society tiger king and roots the two probably most influential you know, pieces of film ever created. <laughs> well, one of them anyway. <laughs> yeah. But it was nothing else to watch, right? Because it was even a weird thing. Like when Tiger King, I mean, like everybody was just, oh, what do you watch? I don't know. I'm trapped in the house. Oh, cool. you know, only, I'm going to the grocery store, the liquor store, and Home Depot. That was all you could do. Like, so I guess I'm going to watch Tiger King. You know? Uh, that is That is really sad. <laughs> <laughs> it just shows you how, how we went from this very prominent, uh, educational, eye-opening, uh, you know, movie like Roots or that's a miniseries, <laughs> or, and then all of a sudden we have Tiger King as our next big one. Yes, I mean, obviously Roots was hugely in, important. Um, you know, it it like I said, it, I, you wouldn't have seen that on a regular show. No, and even some things in regular movies wasn't wasn't captured like this. So th they were able to do things on those miniseries, especially because they were based on books. So they tried to be very close to the novels as they could, and they could be very controversial. So you know, the, the next one that came up would would which and, and, and the, there was, the, you know, the king of the miniseries was right the guy he was starting two of the most important ones. Who's that? Richard Chamberlain. Sounds so Richard Chamberlain starred in The Thornbirds in 1983. I've heard my mother loved The Thornbirds. Yes, everybody, <laughs> most women of his of that generation did. Uh, they had quite the crush on on Richard Chamberlain, who was a priest who breaks his vows with a woman. That that's the basic, you know, story of The Thornbirds. I, I'm sure I've got it. I didn't. I don't. I don't remember watching this one as much. My mother is a devout Catholic, so we did not watch much of Thornbirds. My oh. mother was offended by by the priest doing that. So we were we weren't we didn't really watch Thornbirds. That was you know, my mother was not fond of that one. I remember my mother talking about the Thornbirds. Yes. I we didn't watch Thornbirds and I was not allowed to watch Charlie's Angels. Wow. Yes. I was the only kid who did not have the Farrah poster. In their bedroom. Everybody else that I knew had the Farrah poster. I had a picture of the Fonz. So oh, there you go. There you go. That's not bad. I had the I had a poster of the Fonz. My buddy had, you know, uh Cheryl Teagues, uh, you know, <laughs> Farrah Fawcett Majors. I had mm -hmm. the Fonz. And 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 probably a Star Wars poster, probably Empire Strikes Back poster. I was gonna say you couldn't get the Leia bikini poster in there or no. anything like that. No. No, we, that was not going to be hung on my wall. That's for, my mother would have taken that down. 
So, and then the other one he was, he did with Richard Chamberlain also did, uh, did Shogun. And that was another one that was right at, that was another love story thing where he's uh, a, a white guy uh, falling in love in uh, Japan and, and like the cultural thing, the cultural divide of him being accepted. It's, it actually kind of, in some ways, it kind of reminds you a little bit of the, kind of a little bit of Dances with Wolves, kind of a guy who has to learn about another culture. Uh, um, I think Shogun was the first time I really learned a lot about like, an, like an Asian, you know, like a Japanese culture that wasn't, you know, based on like what I was used to, you know? So I think that was, Shogun was a good one. I actually like Shogun. I think for its time, it was, it was pretty, pretty good in its day. Yeah. Cause as I'm going, as I'm going through, <laughs> there's a lot where I do the one that, interests me and i haven't looked to see if you could get anything like streaming of it just so i could check it out is v okay so v the final battle so v is um 1984 so you're in the midst of the big star wars stuff um star trek's back on you know it's not back on tv yet but star trek's back in the movie theaters um, you know, you got the Captain Kirk movies going on at that point, but Next Generation is not out yet. So, star- so sci-fi is making a big comeback in the 80s at this time frame. There's a lot of uh, – but so V, they did like a TV movie about, the, you know, these people, the, these aliens that come to Earth and they – basically they're reptilian in nature, but they, they disguise themselves to look like humans. And it's kind of like they, they act like they want to be your friends, but they really – they're here to enslave us, of course. And so there's kind of a rebellion. It's, it's, it's got a little bit of your um, – it's you know it's a little bit of War of the Worlds kind of meets you know you know kind of meets uh, uh, Independence Day, but again the aliens are here and they're they're you know and and you know and some of the aliens aren't all bad guys. So V the Final Battle is a, a pretty good one. Um, like I said, it's it's you know it's in the middle of when Star Wars is out. You know, like I said, you know Return of the Jedi came out around the same time. Um, and it, and it had a, and I think it had a short lived series too. I think there was, there was one movie and then there was like a short lived series and there was the final battle, which was this, this was a mini series where they kind of wrapped it all up. And, and I think there was even like a, there was a crossbreeding between the alien and a human who had a baby. Oh. If I remember correctly at the end, that was a big deal. I just know it. Uh, where was I watching? It was like toy galaxy or something on YouTube and they were talking about it. Yep. And it, the, the premise, like you said, it just kind of piqued my interest because I was a big fan of Falling Skies. It, it would and, have a lot of that same quality to it, yeah. And then I saw Robert England as just this regular Oh, yeah, he's guy. in it, right. Yes. Yeah, yep. he said that they just bully him all the time. I think he plays an alien, and they just yes. bully him and make fun of him. He's an alien who kind of – he's kind of – I remember, I think he's like an alien who actually kind of doesn't really want to side with his people. He's kind of more in tune with the humans. Uh, and there's kind of a rebellion. The heroes kind of, I can't think of the actors. I think not Gary, it's not Gary Cole. Um, that's the wrong guy. But the guy who plays the, he also played, uh, he played a Tarzan ripoff character in a movie where he never had a shirt on. Uh, can't think of the actor's name. But, um, he's kind of like, he's got the, he's got the Indiana Jones coat on. So he's like, he's half Indy Jones, half Han Solo, half Luke Skywalker. You know, like, oh. he's, he's kind of like, he's the guy leading the rebellion. You know, he's oh. like that dude. I see I see him in this picture right here. Yeah, I can't he's think of got, the actor's name. I can see he's got that. He's got the cool uh, 80s hair. Yeah, the, the, the hair. The 80s hair. He's got some. He's got the leather. He's got the, he's got the Indiana Jones jacket. You know, he's yeah. like, you know, right? He's he's, he's, so he's Indiana Jones, but he's also, he's also leading the rebellion, too. So he's Luke Skywalker, too. Kind of looks like Hunter. 
Yeah, 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 he does like a younger version of Hunter. Yes. Yeah, it looks like Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm There's a lot of good ones. Um, I mean, um there was Rich Man Poorman book two. Don't forget about that. That was a that one, you know, did pretty good. Um I'm trying to think of the other ones that kind of jumped to oh, uh there were two about the Civil War. <laughs> there was North and South. In 85 with Patrick Swayze. I saw that. Because you mentioned. There was also the blue and the gray in 82 with Stacey Keach. I saw the, 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 the North and the South. And I saw. North and South Swayze. is just a poor man's uh, um, Gone with the Wind. Oh, it's almost thanks. the exact same plot. Like, it, it, I'm sure I'm wrong about this in some capacity, but I remember it just basically like, this is just a ripoff of Gone with the Wind. Uh, North, blue and gray was a little bit different. Um, I think blue and gray tried to be a little bit more, a little bit more historical in nature. North and South was just like random love story. Got, you know, like Romeo and Juliet. One guy's from the guys from the North. She's from the South kind of thing. Um, that was that quality to it. That was the Patrick Swayze character. Um, where blue and gray, I think they tried to have like, I think there were actors playing like Abraham Lincoln and General Lee and like, and they're interacting with regular people. So it's a historical fiction. Okay. You know, it's funny that they could do that. I, I'm at the age where I'm so sick of love stories. Like every little thing that I see, like, why does there always have to be a damn love interest? And yes. every single thing I watch. I think that's why I like Kenobi because he hasn't fallen into that. He hasn't yeah, fallen into that plot line. Yeah. It could happen though. You never know. Yeah. Well, Sadine's dead. So. Well, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> I don't think the, he's. Um, gonna... What do you have some? I have a, I have a whole bunch. Is there I, you got way, about? probably way more than me. The other ones that were like, I was, I guess yeah, you could what, say, forced to watch. Came up in your mind? Like the Amy Fisher story. I remember when that was super huge. The whole Amy <laughs> I, Fisher. I, I love that there I love yeah. that there was the, the, the Long Island Loita or whatever they called her, right? So yeah. That was, and there was two of them there. Who were the two actresses? Uh, the, the Amy Fisher story was Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore's in Once. And, and then Alyssa Milano. The yeah, she's in the Long Island Loita one. Right. And they were both, they were both they, aired on the same night. <laughs> like right back together. So Those like, would just be like one. Lifetime movies now. That is those true. would just be on. Those wouldn't be on network TV anymore. Those would just be on Lifetime. But the, I just remember anything that was a big story, right? I think because you had more. It seems like you had more meat to yours, where you're saying like a Lifetime, like all the ones like V and right Roots and Rich Man Poor Man. Like it just seems like when I was growing up, it was like, what's the big news story? Wait for it to end, right. and now we're going to make a movie out of it. Like, there was a lot of those. Amy Fisher, I think they yeah. made one about baby Jessica. They did. And a, they, there was, was even one about the baby who fell down the well. Yeah, that was baby Jessica. Oh, that's baby Jessica? That's baby Jessica. Who was the who was the, the, the one, the, the the little girl that was taken from her home? It was like the, the model. And they thought it was her oh, parents. That's who I thought baby Jessica was. John Benet Ramsey. John Benet Ramsey. There's the John Benet Ramsey one, too. Yes. And now we have them all the time, though. Now we have like the OJ one. We have the Versace one. I remember. Um, you know, there's another one. Wasn't there an earlier one after uh, the, the brothers, the Mendez brothers? There's a Mendez brothers one. There's been a bunch of Mendez brothers movies. 
But wasn't there one about Versace at one point when he got who? Didn't yeah, Versace is the same people that did the OJ trial one. Also did the Versace one. Yeah, because didn't one of the brothers get murdered at the doorstep of their house by yes. some guy who tracked them down? Because, right. I, like I said, to me it was just whatever story, right. whatever news story it was. You knew in a couple of weeks or a couple of months. Once they it would dramatize it. it. Yeah, they, they that was kind of later. I feel like that was like late eighties into the nineties, and that I feel that came from the fact that when the OJ OJ trial came up on TV. That was what everybody watched. That was the best movie ever. I mean, in some ways, I guess you could think of it that way. It was just like everybody watched the OJ every day. And and if you think about it, we're recording on the day they just happened to have released the results of the um, uh, um, uh, Amber Heard. Um, oh. You know, they just announced the, re- the you know the the Johnny Depp trial today. I mean, I think that's the last time. That this is one of the more recent times you've actually been really that interested in a celebrity trial. I mean, it's yeah. been a while since we've really been into this. But I mean, I think you're right. I, I agree. I think that kind of they got away from books and they kind of went into like his things that like you know dramatizations of historical events. Was there a David Koresh one also before yes. the one that? Yeah, okay, because I remember the story in Waco and everything okay. else. Yeah. Matter of fact, I don't live that far away, and I keep on telling my wife we should go try and visit that site just because that was, just, like I said, any big news story. I feel like I knew there was a movie called Waco. There was, on, but it's on Paramount Plus. Okay, like there was a there's a newer one that came out in like 2018, but I right. thought there was another one. But even but nowadays too, I mean, you, there was a series that was about the uh, there was actually two series. That were about the Atlanta, the Atlanta Olympics bombings. Yeah, um, that was. Recently. Those were just on, and then, you know, like I said, you know, a lot of there's just that is kind of more of the thing that we do now that they kind of do the story. Not that there's not other things too, but you know, uh, the offer. I'm watching the offer, and it's obviously it's not based on a book. It's based on, uh, you know, the producer. Um, of the Godfather, his his memories of that time of everything that happened as they were trying to make the Godfather, and and it's I'm I'm one of those guys that I love the Godfather, um, you know, especially the first one, and the, I like the second one actually more. I, um, I'm, but I'm, but I'm not like I'm not one of those guys that's got to watch the Godfather every year. But I love the way they're showing how the Godfather ma- was made. Not so much because it's The Godfather. I just love Hollywood. Yeah. That's why I like movies like Get Shorty because I love like any movie that kind of talks about how Hollywood works, I think is hilarious. And keep Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Tarantino's movie, I know he changed the ending of what really happened, but I just love that movie because I love that concept of Hollywood behind the scenes. I don't know if there is any other ones, but I was just looking. A remake... Of a TV movie. Now, I know there's two different Brian songs. There's the one with B- Billy D. Williams and yep. was it James Caan? Yep. Speaking of The Godfather. And I don't know who was in the other one, but I remember before even seeing the original one, I watched one that I think it came out in the late, late 90s, early 2000s. Well, they tried to redo Roots a few years ago, about 10 years ago. They tried to update it and it did not do well. Um, I don't, uh, they try. They tried to do an update of Roots, um, but it, like I said, I don't. 
even remember where it was on and it didn't nobody watched it. Um, I don't know. I think we're, most of us are looking for new things. There's yeah. certain things I just feel like shouldn't be touched. You know, and that's kind of how I am about certain things. Don't there's certain, I, you know, like even as much as like, okay. So for example, there was a mini series on sci-fi where they redid the shining. Why would you see that? They, and actually to be honest, Obviously, the Shining movie is an incredible movie. Yeah, but the seer, it it was actually better than I thought it was going to be. It was actually much closer to the book, um, and I actually enjoyed it uh, an awful lot. I still like the Shining movie better because um, it's just such amazing performances. But at the same time, the Shining miniseries was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't. It was a pretty. Uh, it's got a different ending. Um, you know, because it, it, it's more true to the book. So the the, oh. the way what happens to the little kid and everything after, like, there's more to it than that. A lot of it obviously was left out for a two hour movie. But um, but so there's been a few things like that where you know even some some of uh of Stephen King's stuff has been kind of re he he not he sold out some of his early books to to make money and then he's kind of tried to get the properties back and try to make have them remade in other venues and some of like I said you know there's nothing wrong with the original versions but yeah. you know some I like some of the modern ones that they did like the stand is a big one I didn't I didn't see I, that one but the stand is a pretty good miniseries it's on I think it's in here for top 25 best film miniseries. Oh, definitely. I'm sure it would be. Uh, yeah, they're saying with Gary Sinise. Which, yep. Oh, yeah, Gary Sinise. Oh, because it's Stephen King. That's probably why nobody yeah. watched it in, in my house. Right. Nobody really likes Stephen King stuff, so that's probably why it's we okay. didn't. okay. I mean, it's not my favorite stuff. It's uh, I got a couple really good ones that you probably never heard of. Have you ever heard okay. of The Winds of War? No, but I was just looking at it. Okay, The Winds of War is my favorite of them all. Okay. I love the ones. This is an historical drama and Robert Richam, Robert Mitchum's in it. And uh, I think Robert Mitchum's one of the greatest actors of all time. I love Robert Mitchum. Um, I also have a, uh, I tell the story about my father when I was growing up. My father was IMDb uh, before they had the internet. <laughs> my father knew something about every movie ever made. And he remembered every movie. He remembers where he saw them. I saw it in the cataract. It was a Tuesday. I had a popcorn. Like my father remembered, had like, my father could never rewatch a movie again and not remember it. Like I have the same, uh, you know, like, like design flaw that I can't, re I always, once I see a movie, I remember the movie. Um, so he knew something about every film star and he, he taught me everything I know about just old Hollywood and Humphrey Bogart. I, my love of movies comes from him. But my favorite one is always Robert Mitchum, that Robert Mitchum got arrested for smoking pot and went to jail. Like, so my, that, that was like, Robert Mitchum was a big star, but then he got arrested for smoking pot and he went to jail and it hurt his career. And I, that's always like, that was the one that I always remembered whenever talking about my father, you know, like, you know, an IMDb, like my father being IMDb and, you know, in the 1970s and 80s when I was growing up, you know. But Winds of War is a great one. It's based on a novel, obviously, uh, and it is this. Uh, it really covers a lot of historical events uh, from the perspective of this character, Robert Mitchum, and he's kind of like a Jack Ryan. If you think of you know the Jack Ryan novels, he's, okay. he kind of reminds you of he's a military guy, and he kind of has to kind of he's doing all these things. He ends up meeting you know FDR and you know Churchill, and he interacts with this. Basically, he's kind of there for everything that happens. There's a bit of a love story of the because 
Simon Graz in it too. And it's a really, it is a, there was, um, there was actually a sequel that didn't do as well, but the winds of war was a really big one. Uh, and it had like 140 million people watch it. Like it was huge. It was a really big one for its time. That one I liked. I loved that one a lot. Even like even the special effects they had to do for a lot of the wars, like for the war scenes, like the naval battles and stuff, they had a you know they did like quality special effects and just didn't use archival footage from the war. That's you know for so they tried to raise the bar of it. You know was pretty good. Oh, I I didn't realize this was a TV miniseries. I'm pretty sure this is still coming out every or used to come out every round time Easter is Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus and Nazareth was is on my list. That's on my list too. That was like nineteen eighty. Uh, I don't actually don't have a year for that one, but that one I remember. Um, but there was there's so many Jesus movies. There's a ton of them. Max <laughs> Monsido uh, played Jesus once. I, Jeffrey Hunter, who was Captain Pike, played uh, played Jesus once. Um, you know, I'm trying to think. King of Kings. I think he was King of Kings. Uh, let's see what else they got on here. The, the the religious ones were big too, because there was a Moses one. I remember there was definitely a Ten Commandments. Not the Ten Commandments. That's a different. I re- yeah, there's I know. Definitely the- a Moses miniseries too. I remember the Ten the Charleston Huston one. Yeah, it was like Easter. Easter time was Ten Commandments. And yeah. we were watching Jesus of Nazareth, and like you said, there's so the many. Ending of Ten know. Commandments, when he sees the Statue of Liberty, and he says, "You did it! You finally <laughs> blew it all to hell." I may have gotten a couple movies mixed up here, though. I yeah. may have. <laughs> Might have. You did it, you bastard! You blew it all to hell. Okay. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> I may have got my two movies confused. I'm not sure. Uh, what is this? Yard Barker. Okay, King of Kings is a great one, although this isn't a miniseries. Actually, it might have been, though. No, Jesus is another. I think John Wayne plays a centurion in Jesus of Nazareth. I think he plays a centurion, and he only has one scene and one line. And Jesus is on the cross, and he's dying. And what John Wayne says... He truly was the son of God. And he says it like he's a cowboy. Like it's definitely John Wayne as a Roman centurion. I think he has one scene in one line. That's awesome. <laughs> I love the Duke. I had a stepfather that like brought the world of John Wayne. Like everything was, was John man. Wayne. I read his autobiography. Well, not his autobiography. I read his biography. Uh, I think it's called The Duke. And it's actually quite a – it's an interesting dude. Interesting dude. We, there's actually the John Wayne Museum in the at the Fort Wayne Stockyards. Okay. Or Fort Wayne, Fort Worth. Sorry. No. Okay. So if you're ever in I'll Fort Worth, down that way, and you're at this, it, it sounds weird from a person up north when you're like go down to the stockyards, but it it it's it's good. It's a. I go any. A, I took the travel, so. Okay. I'll go anywhere when I travel. That was like my first crazy thing when we moved here, and they're like, "You got to go to the stockyards," and I'm like. I don't. What am I going to do? Buy cattle, but it's it's yeah, more. Well, it's you more might need cattle. Huh? You, know, you might need cattle. I don't know. I don't know. I, you've got a big. You got you know the prairie, right? Don't you have a prairie in your backyard or anything? No, like we actually have the biggest <laughs> yard on the block, and I think it kind of aggravates some people. But we do have cows or actual cattle and ranches not too far away from us. Okay, that's cool. But, that's neat. So. Texas is like a weird place. You're just driving down the highway. You're like, oh, there's Charles Schwab and next, you know, oh, there's cattle laying there. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Uh, let's see what. See, these are all newer ones, like the watch. The Cosmos. That was more science. Do you know what the that Cosmos? was? With- the Cosmos was PBS. It was. It's a book about science. Uh, so before Stephen Hawkins, it was mm-hmm. Carl Sagan. That's what I always thought. That was an actual show. It was a. Sh- it was no. It was definitely more of a mini series um, than a show. It wasn't on for years. They did it like I think it only appeared on. It was on Sundays for like ten weeks. Oh, okay. But it wasn't. I guess it's. I guess it was a mini series, but it wasn't in a, like in a week. And obviously, the the big thing was Carl Sagan with billions and billions. Like that was a big thing. Like that was the that was the thing that everybody got in pop culture out of the the cosmos. Um, but it was an interesting. I mean, it really was a a really for you know it was kind of like again it was like 1980. It's you know Star Trek's back. Star Wars is a big thing now. Science fiction was coming back. So this was kind of like um, you know you know um, like a scientist telling who liked it too. Like he liked Star Wars. He liked um, Carl Sagan's got a great interview. I remember for the Cosmos when he was on Johnny Carson, I believe, and he was just wondering. Like he didn't like the diversity of Star Wars. He's, he he was confused by the diversity of Star Wars that in the future that everybody was a white guy. Like he just oh. was confused by that. He's like you know, and um, you know, like he kind of he kind of questioned that. And obviously, I think I think there was a bigger picture. You know, we Christian and I have talked about it on our podcast about um the empire is supposed to be a humans only kind of thing like it's almost over through clone wars it's almost evolved into that that the empire is racist like that that's why it's all guys and white guys running it well that's like you only have one if you look at anything throughout the empire anything like that you have grand grand admiral thong who's the only alien right high only alien in the empire even if he is, you know, very, very high ranking. Right. So, but I, I, I get that. And I, I get that. Plus two, you gotta, the funny thing when they said that about the diversity also is how much makeup can you do sometimes though, too? That's been <laughs> some of the, that's been, yeah, I think that might've just been a budgetary concern more than, more than. We got Lando, got Lando. Yeah. Lando's my guy. You truly <laughs> Belong with us here among the clouds. Got the pickup lines. I, I was I, pickup lines. I think Lando is one of the coolest people in in all of Star Wars. He was, My, he's, he's just a cool guy in general. The guy's still pretty damn cool if you when you see him on stuff. He's still pretty cool. My my son has become a Lando fan because of me. We watched Solo, yeah. and I'm like, "There's Lando." Not yeah, they lie. did. They did. They did his character pretty well. You know. Donald Glover was amazing at all of that. I'm just trying to... Two others that are in my mind, uh, Pearl. I remember this one an awful lot. It's based on the events of Pearl Harbor. That was a good one. Um, I like that one a lot. That was late 70s. That was a good one. Um, if you were a Western fan, Lonesome Dove was a big thing. Lonesome Dove, everybody watched Lonesome Dove. I saw that one. Um, and then the only other one that I kind of have on my list that's from mm-hmm. that time frame, and I mentioned this before we got on the air, was they had one called The Day After. And it was based on what would happen after a nuclear war. And, you know, all the major cities are gone and, you know, radiation is rampant and everybody, it's just awful. I mean, you know, electronic, everything electronic because the electromagnetic pulse just makes every bit of electricity inoperative. 
Uh, and, you know, so James uh, Robarts, Jason Robarts, excuse me, plays a doctor and he basically is trying to do the best he can and save everybody. And then eventually he succumbs to, you know, the radiation sickness and his hair's falling out. And, and I remember like uh, as a teenager, 10th grade, watching that and being horrified. Uh, I remember that one, that one affected me in a, in a profound way. Like, you know, like that was, um, you know, we're in the middle of, you know, Reagan administration and, you know, oh, it was, okay. and, and the Cold War was kind of ending by then in a sense. Uh, you know, you, you think about, you know, the, I mean, I remember the historical context of it too. Um, you know, I mean, we were certainly, it, 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 I just remember that one was pretty freaking scary, like for its time. And I don't think, like I said, that was something they could do in a miniseries where they wouldn't do that on a regular TV show, you know? I want to say one that kind of freaked me out, even though it never, oh, what, oh that was in 2006. Because there was like a bird flu movie, I remember, too. Oh, I don't remember that. But that was 2006. So this Dustin is probably... Hoffman did. What's the Dustin Hoffman uh, um, infection one? There was something called The Strand, wasn't there? Yeah, that was just recent, though, wasn't it? The Strain or something like that? The There was something based on the Andromeda Strain, which is a very well-known sci-fi movie from the 70s, which is about a, an alien infection or something. Yeah, there's a show called The Strain. Looks yeah, like. okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Let me see. Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman, um, Morgan Freeman, St Kevin Spacey. Oh, that's... Uh... The one with the monkey. Oh, they're looking for age, pace at zero. Outbreak. Outbreak. That's, yeah, yeah. That's that's an actual. That was in the movie theater. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's, that's not. Yeah, but there was. There's been a few different ones that um, kind of, you know, freaked you out a little bit. You know. So, I'm just realizing that you just had way better. TV movies and miniseries that I ever could imagine. Well, again, it was a big. Up. I mean, it was that's what it was. Like, I mean, okay, so I always joke about wouldn't you play video games? I'm like, well, we kind of did. Like, Atari was a big thing, and, and you get Atari, you get a game at Christmas, and you get kind of bored of it by the end of the month. It wasn't like, and there weren't games being released all the time. So, I mean, we, we didn't play a lot of video games. I mean, even, and then there, like I said, there was only one TV in the house. Uh, and, and your dad controlled the remote, even if it wasn't even an actual remote, like you were the remote, change the, put on, put on four, see what's on four. And, you know, that's what you'd kind of get up and you do for your dad. And, and, and so you kind of, you know, either went out or you sat in the, in the, you know, in the, in the wintertime, you pretty much, you know, like our house, you know, uh, Thursday nights was, we all watched Cosby as a family. You know, if we were home, if I was home, I watched Cosby with my family. Um, my dad liked Cheers. So we used okay. to watch watch in Cheers. Um, obviously, Mondays was if my dad wasn't you know when he was working Mondays, he always had money in a football. But um, I think by high school, by I think by the time he might have been not always had Mondays, but I remember definitely watching a lot of football with my dad. But uh, but Saturday nights was you know like the Saturday night movie mysteries when I was younger, you know, which was like the Columbo or McMillan and wife. And, you know, so you kind of, you kind of, you, you watch TV more often as a family, probably back then, um, than people do now, you know? Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It just seemed like a big, big family time, a big thing to do. I remember the wizard of Oz always being like a big thing like that, but then like Thanksgiving were... night, wizard of Oz, you know, like, you know, I, 
my dad liked watching movies and I liked watching movies with my dad. And mm -hmm. so, you know, my brother, Tom, who was, you know, my other brother wasn't around as much, but my oldest brother, myself, uh, my mom would be there for depending on the movie. But, you know, like if there was, I mean, my father, if the Magnificent Seven was on, forget about it. Like, you know, we'd seen it 27 times. I mean, there's so many of those movies that I just watched over and over and over with my dad over the years and just, you know, and I still watch now. I, I like the old Magnificent Seven. I like the new Magnificent Seven. Um, I took my dad to see the new one when it came out with Chris Pratt a few years ago. Uh, that was, it's great. And my dad loved it. I mean, you know, uh, Dunkirk, you know, like when that came to the movie theaters, my dad loved, I mean, so my, you know, James Bond movies, any of those things, um, you know, so I had a, gr I had a great childhood from the standpoint of just being exposed to tremendous works of film, uh, and mm -hmm. television because of my dad, you know, just, you know, all the old movies, especially like when you think a lot of the old movies that came out at, after World War II, you know, there's a lot of it's an unappreciated era of film when they started to tell the stories of World War II um, after World War II. Now that the war is over, yeah. and Hollywood propaganda wasn't a big thing anymore. Then you started hearing stories like the best days of our lives, which is one of the the best times of our lives is the stories of three soldiers that all come home and the three v drastic experiences they have coming home from the war. Um, and all that they go through and, uh, you know, PTSD, although they didn't call it then. But it was like just great movies like that that my father always, you know, and my mom loved the musicals. So, we, you know, we watched the Hollywood musical. So, I mean, to me, like, what was I got older and then we watched these these miniseries. It was just a continuation of just, you know, you know well, let's watch this now. Hey, it's on, you know, stuff like that, you know. Yeah, you you definitely had better ones than I just had. You know, the ride. Well, I did a lot of research on this because it was it was my silly idea, so I better come prepared. Yeah, well, I, I'm going through, and you're naming like these like these good ones that I would want to watch, and I got like the Ryan White story, and uh, but, the, but those were good. Those are the those Amy are, Fisher story. I like I like the bad ones, and I loved the Amy Fisher ones. I think those were great. They were terrible television, but they're fun to watch. Like the OJ trial one that's on recently, I forget the the, the American Crime Story or whatever they called it. Yeah. It's so bad. It's so bad that it's great. It's so bad. It's so cliche that you just got to watch it, right? Tiger King. Tiger King's not a good piece of production where it's awful, but it's so much it's so much fun to watch because these people are in, they're all nuts. Everybody's nuts. And, and you know, like, I don't know, like, I, I think all of those kinds of things are, you know, they're fun. They're just fun to watch. Like the stuff that I watch with my, my, my son and my wife, we all like try to watch stuff on like, well, the Versace one is incredible. Like the one about the Versace murder is really well done. I just remember in the Amy Fisher one from my, I've Fisher seen one. it in years. It is, I can't even remember which one we watched. I think it was the Drew Barrymore one. Or maybe it was Alyssa Milano one because my mom really liked Two's the Boss. But I can't remember exactly which one. And I just remember sitting there watching. And, of course, you know, all the other stuff, the the, the sex and stuff. They were not too, and then all of a sudden she just shoots – was right. it Mary Joe Buttafuoco in the face? And it's like, what just happened in my, in my little head? <laughs> that, that's right. I mean, it's definitely um, uh, well, Dean Kane, right? Lois and Superman. Yes. What did didn't Former he do Bills one player. of 
Which one did he do? He did what? Oh, uh, Amy Fisher? He no, he didn't do Amy Fisher, but he he played an actual um cuz he looked like the guy that had been I'm looking at it now, but I'm trying to remember what it was. He definitely did a TV movie where he played an accused murderer. The guy who murdered his wife on Christmas Eve. Oh, my God. Because he looked like the guy. Like, he actually looked like the actor. Oh, and I'm, I'm just not finding it. I'm trying to see where it says, like, movie. Scott Peterson. He played the perfect husband. Oh. He played Scott Peterson in the Lacey Peterson story TV movie, The Perfect Husband. Because he looked like Scott Peterson. With blonde, if he they dyed his hair blonde for the movie because he played because that was a good one. My wife loved that one because she was obsessed with the trial. Oh, see, I anything know. that that uh, Nancy Grace talked about when she was on headline news or whatever one she was on, any story that 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 woman talked about, my wife was obsessed with. So any of the movies that came out on those things, we had to watch. That's why my wife has been addicted to the Amber Heard Johnny Depp story. Oh, so it's. It's every day. She was so excited today that they were going to finally have the verdict. I mean, it was like, it was back. It was like, it was like the 94 OJ trial again. Like everybody, you know, listening, you know, waiting for the, for the crowd. I've never seen school stopped in all my years, but when that was going to come on, we flipped the, the teacher, let us or flipped on the radio and the class was dead silent. So I taught at Niagara Falls high school in 94 when that happened. And I was in charge of AV. And that morning, the principal came to me and he said, can you hook up? Because the classrooms didn't have cable. We didn't have, yeah. we barely had electricity at the old Niagara Falls High School and the classrooms were so bad. So I had to like split the cable. The one, the, the auditorium had a cable feed. So I was, I had to split the cable like, you know, this, like you would in your house and, and send it to three TVs. And we literally for the afternoon, I think after, I think anybody who I, I want to say it was like in the afternoon. I think it was probably like two o'clock. I want to say, I think anybody like seventh and eighth period, they were allowed to just come down into the auditorium and just watch the, the verdict. That's I awesome. think there was like three, 400 kids in the auditorium and, and everybody was cheering when OJ was let off. I mean, it was really fun, kind of funny. It was like, everybody was kind of rooting for OJ. It's kind of weird, but you know, I don't know. Oh, bills, I guess. <laughs> that thing. But thank you for coming on and yeah, this sharing sharing all that as well and i'm hoping that you just like blew my mind i was th i thought it was like so intense into this mini series uh you know tv mini series the made for tv movie and my was just crap compared no to yours is you great yours is like the 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 guilty pleasures your yeah. mine were ones that were you know they were sensational, but they were like, again, they were, they were my youth. They were my experiences as a child. You know, I mean, I, I probably didn't remember too much of rich man, poor man, but I probably was reading comic books or something, but yeah. definitely like a lot of them, they definitely like, as a young person, like I learned a lot about, like I said, like, you know, probably didn't know that much about, you know, black culture, you know, in terms of the slavery train. I didn't know that much about it and probably just, you know, kind of what I knew about the civil war going to Gettysburg is probably all I knew. So, I mean, I think they were, they were definitely important. Um, but they were, you know, but they were just a different way. But I, I guess my argument was when I pitched this to you was that really that's all Netflix and, and yeah. 
streaming services are now. They're basically the TV movies. Um, you know, they're not the regular show. They're not going to be on 22 episodes a season. They're not going to be on for seven years. You're going to probably get six episodes and maybe a second season if it's super successful. Yeah, there's, I just like realize that the more things change, the more they stay the same. And yep. instead of just rebooting something or not coming up with an idea, just take the big picture idea and that remake it in all the way through. Yep. But thank you for coming on. If you want to, you know, tell everybody about your podcast. Yeah, yeah real quick. Uh, I'm, yeah, me and my son Christian, we host Next of Kin podcast. It's basically us talking about pop culture. Uh, whatever's going on. And uh, my other son, Zachary, and his friend, Zach, host a podcast called Zach Squared. Uh, and theirs is just a ridiculous conversation uh, about, they have ridiculous, con serious conversation about ridiculous topics. So like, you know, how many fourth graders could you beat up with a stick? And, you know, is, is a hot dog a sandwich and things like that. And uh, um, there, theirs is, I, I love it when I get to appear on theirs because I love having a serious conversation about ridiculous things. So uh, we certainly enjoy doing it. We're posting our own, we're, we're producing our podcast now out of our own studio. We're still part of the network, of course, with Matt Johnson, but um, we get to produce them out of my own facility that I'm opening as part of my retirement. And um, so anybody that's looking for a podcast studio, reach out to me um, on Emerge on Facebook or Next of Ken on Facebook or Matt Johnson through the BICBP network because we're looking for more podcasts. So, And once again, thank you for coming on. And remember to catch new episodes of Let's Talk But No Politics, okay, every Sunday on the BICBP radio network. And remember to also check out the YouTube channel for Let's Talk But No Politics, okay, for great content there and the Facebook page. And with that being said, good morning, good afternoon, and good night.